I'm, not, I'm really not following the lectionary today. Uh, I don't know why. I just, during this week, I've, I've been watching, seeing what's going on in the world, and, and the Lord, you know, and there's so much unbelief in our world about of God's Word. There's so much unbelief. And, and it's really pathetic. It really is. Because the one, the one who loves us the most and tells us the truth is the one that's being rejected the most. And by people that call themselves professors, they're the wise guys, the smart people. And so it, it, it breaks my heart, and I know it breaks God's heart. But that's the sign that we're living in. That's where we're living at now. And, and, and God told us in His Word, this is, this is what was going to happen. And so when you see these things, it's just like when you've seen the clouds coming, you can tell the storms are coming, the rains are coming. Well, this is how God is talking to His people and to the whole world. He wants us to open our eyes and see what's going on in our world today. And a lot of people don't want to talk about Bible prophecy, but you know what? We've been living in Bible prophecy since the beginning of creation. Since day one. Since God said, let there be light, prophecy has started right then. And it goes clear on, and we're living in it now. It hasn't stopped. A lot of people think, you know, I wish I lived in the biblical days. Well, you are living in biblical days because they haven't stopped. As long, and, and they're not going to. Jesus is going to return, and it, just like the scripture says. But right now, today, I'm going to focus on what's going on over in the Middle East. And that's, and, and that's what Jesus told us to watch. He said, watch the fig tree. So I'm going to start in uh, Mark chapter 13. Uh, verses 28 through 37, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples because uh, they asked him that same question. What are the signs of, of the end? And what's, what's going to happen? Well, this is just a part of what he was talking about. And, you know, I, I like to touch on prophecy at least once every six, seven months so we can kind of keep up with current events, what's going on in our world. So, you know, because Jesus don't want us to be unaware they, God gave us this word through his prophets and through his apostles so we wouldn't be in the dark about what's going on. He wants his people to know, and he wants all people to know. The Lord is loving and kind, merciful. He wants all people to come to repentance. He don't want us to exclude anybody. He wants us to be that love light, that truth light, to bear witness to his truth. Mark chapter 13. 28 through 37. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you, in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass away till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take you heed and watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch you therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Least come and suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. And that's why I chose this scripture because Jesus wasn't just talking to his disciples. 
He's talking to everybody. What I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. Now, the fig tree. Learn the parable of the fig tree. Israel is that fig tree. The, the nation of Israel is that fig tree. God has always revert, referred to the nation of Israel as the fig tree. Always. And so, the fig tree, we, I know I've been over this with you guys a bunch, but Israel became a nation again in 1948. After how many years? 1,800 years? Jesus said that it was going to be destroyed. Temple was going to be destroyed. The people was going to be scattered. And they were going to come back. And that when they come back as a, uh, as a nation again in 1948, but Jerusalem didn't become their capital until in 1967. They retake Jerusalem back as the capital. And so there's another sign right there. You know, and that's, that's been over 50 years ago. Israel is actually 75 years ago. But Jesus, listen right here. This generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. He's talking about that fig tree generation. He wasn't talking about their generation back 2,000 years ago in the disciples. He's talking about the fig tree generation. You know, and I don't know. Nobody, like it says, nobody knows the hour, the day, or the time. But he says to watch and to be prepared. Okay, here's Israel back in their nation. They, they became a nation again. And, and they're surrounded by enemies, just like the Bible said. In fact, I'm, that's where I'm going to go to. We're going to go to Zechariah chapter uh, 12. And Zechariah chapter 12, this is 400, 500 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go through the whole chapter and kind of show you where we're at. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundations of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a corrupt trembling unto all people round about when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it, in that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness, and I will open my eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. Now, now look, listen to this verse here. And the governors of Judah shall say in their hearts, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. And verse 6, I think this is awesome because this is what we're looking at right now. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in a sheath. And they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David. And the house of David shall be as God and as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will, I will seek to destroy all nations that come against Jerusalem. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. Look what's going on right now in Israel. Now, before this prophecy, Israel, and even back when Jesus was on earth, Israel was not controlled. They was not their own government. They were controlled by Rome. 
They did not have their own governors. They, they had governors that were appointed by Rome. Pontius Pilate and all them. But see, now, here we are, in this day, now, Israel, they govern themselves. They're a free nation. They're a democracy. And you notice, during this battle that's going on over there, they've got all of the leaders that have been in the last recent years, and all the military leaders, they all came together. This verse here. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood, and like a torch of fire in a sheath, and they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left, and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. And see, I think that's just amazing. The governors of Judah, of Israel. And we're seeing this play out right now. That they are surrounded. And what's the motto? What's the people coming against them? What do they say? What are they saying to Israel? Let's go to Psalm 83 real quick. I'm just going to, you don't have to turn there, but you can if you want. Psalm 83. Uh, and I'm just going to read the first couple verses of it. But this was, this was wrote thousands of years ago before the fact. And then I know they've been saying this same thing for, for thousands of years. But Israel was wiped off. You know, and God, that was a punishment for Israel when God scattered them when, when after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ because they blasphemed the Lord's name. And see, they still don't understand it. But that same Lord that was talking in the Old Testament is the one who became a baby in the manger. And people don't, can't grasp this. This is reality. This is real. This is truth. God is doing a work here. But here's what's going on right now. Psalm 83, Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against the hidden ones. They have said, Come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. Isn't that amazing? Exact same words that they are saying today. The enemies that are surrounding Israel. And what are they saying? Let them cut, let's cut them off from being a nation. Free Palestine from, from, the, from the river to the sea. That means destroy Israel. Wipe out the Jews. This is not some hidden secret. This is a, one of the evidence of proof that God's word can be trusted. 100%. There's no errors. What God said was going to happen, it's going to happen. And what's amazing is the words that the people are using today. And see, those people don't even believe in the Bible. The people that are coming against Israel and all those people, even Israel don't even believe a lot of the stuff. And it just blows my mind how God gave it to us thousands of years ago, word for word. And it's like, even if you go up and you put it right in their face, people just refuse to believe. And there's another sign that we're living in these last days because of the unbelief of people. How people are so easily deceived, so easily deceived, and God is standing out in front of people, pouring out His Spirit, and through His ministers, through His church, saying, this is the way, walk you in it. I've, I've got the answers right here. I'll give you my Holy Spirit. I will guide and direct you through your life. I will help you to overcome every enemy that's coming against you. I love you. Just turn to me. Believe. 
And I've been dealing with some people in my life that and it's been over the last year or so. I've been trying to show them the love of God. I've been trying to convince them that this book is real and they just refuse to believe it. And they think I'm an idiot and a maniac and I'm crazy. Does that sound familiar? Think about Noah. Crazy old Noah building an ark. 100 years out there building a ship. Nobody listened to Noah either. Only eight people got saved. We're living in these days. And I, I just laid it out there. They're surrounded by their enemies. Let us cut them off from being a nation. This is their game plan. And then any, every nation that comes against them, let's go back to that scripture. <clears throat> and in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all the people and all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. Wow. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it, in that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness. And I will open my eyes upon the house of Judah and I will smite every horse of the people with blindness. I'm kind of going over this again. And the governors of Judah will say in their hearts, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength and the Lord of hosts their God. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in the sheath and they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left hand and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place even in Jerusalem, the Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David. Now, I'm going to stop right there. And the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. Look at Israel's military. Israel's military. When they got attacked, their military is the people. Sons and daughters. And every one of them is trained. They are just awesome. And they are the top of the line military. Now, my son Andy, he's in the Navy. And he told me that he's done exercises with the, with the, the Israel Navy. Our Navy has done joint exercise with them. And he's, right now, Andy's out on Theodore Roosevelt. He just went out in deployment. And he said, them guys are smart, Dad. He's like, them Israel pilots, he said, they are just amazing how smart these people are. And, and all of Israel's military is all volunteer, just like in America. You know, but they, when, that, when they got attacked, they all just came up from their jobs, dropped their jobs, and every one of them is, is like David. And David was a warrior. King David was the top warrior. Nobody could ever take out David. Because God was with him. That's, the only, that's why. It's not his own personal skills. It's not that he's better than everybody. It's because God is with him. And God is his strength. And, and so this is amazing how this is where we're at right now. This is, where, this is the days that we're living in right now. What's going on now? Because this was, this was prophesied for our, our benefit from Zechariah. This is, it, God put this here so this generation would not be blind about what God's doing right now. And I think it's amazing. I think we all need to grab a hold of God's word and realize that it can be trustworthy. It's trustworthy. God, he, he tells us before it happens. Thousands of years before it happens. So when it does happen, you'll know that the Lord is God. Who else can tell you the past, the present, and the future before it even happens? Okay, and then the next thing. 
And I, I shall come, it shall come to pass that day I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. So I'd hate to be the ones coming against Jerusalem. Okay, now I know, don't get me wrong, God loves the Palestinian people. He really does. He loves all people. But they need to be part of Israel. And you know, that's what's funny. That land did not get changed to, to the name of Palestine until like 160 AD or something. They changed it whenever they ran the Jews out. The, 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 the leader of Rome at that time wanted to stomp out the name of Israel that it be remembered no more. So he changed the name of the land to Palestine. And the people that were there, that were left there, are still there. They're, they're, they're descendants. And you know, a lot of Jews, not all of them got scattered. So them, they're brothers and sisters. They're brothers. Israel and the Palestinian people are brothers. And it's Ishmael and Jacob. I mean, Ishmael and Isaac. We got this battle going on. It's been going on since Abraham. But this is what we're looking at. And this is where we're at in time. So if, if you want to know what's going on in the world and where we're at, where we're standing, this is it. Israel is a nation again. Jerusalem. And you know, guess what's going on right now in our government? They're talking about dividing the land. Making a Palestinian state. That ain't going to happen, folks. No matter how much people want it to happen. It's not going to happen. The Bible says it's not going to happen. And will come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And so I have a fair warning for our government. You better watch out what you're doing. I know, and I know they don't believe this. But it don't matter what they believe. God's word is faithful. You can believe it or not, it's still going to happen the way he says and, and a lot of people, you know, they think they can control what God's going to do. Well, this ain't, ain't going to happen that way. This fables. And I've heard this so much that this is fables and myth. And I get so irritated because all the stuff that's happened already that's been fulfilled in Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, all the prophecies up to that time have been fulfilled. Why not the rest of them? God ain't going to say, okay, I did that. I'm taking a break, guys, you know. God does not sleep or slumber, ever. He's always working. But here's what's going to happen next. And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. And they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him. This is 500 years before the birth of Jesus. And they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced. And what did the chapter start out with? saith the Lord the word of the Lord of hosts saith the Lord and they will look upon me verse 10 and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced who got pierced Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago and they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn that hasn't happened yet that has not happened yet. But everything else is in place. The next thing, Jesus is going to reveal himself to Israel. And they're going to mourn. They're going to feel bad. Because, you know, the generation of, of, of the Jews right now, they, they're just going by what they were taught by their ancestors. And they were duped and deceived. 
In fact, I think some of them knew exactly who Jesus was. But they didn't like the idea of the king. But everything had to play out just the way it did because it's prophecy. This is God's plan for salvation for all of us. This is his plan that God would become flesh and step into his creation. It's the only way he could have done it. Because he gave all authority and dominion to man in the garden. Remember that? And what did they do? They gave it to the devil when they believed the devil. Did God really say that you could not eat of any of the trees? And he lied. From the, he was a murderer from the beginning. But he duped him. And the only way to save mankind, because mankind blew it right then and there. God said, you will surely die. But God's love for his creation and for us, he had a plan. The seed of a woman. And when thus saith the Lord, and then he said, they'll look upon me whom they have pierced. God had a plan. He's going to enter into his creation through a virgin birth. Nobody believes that either. It happened, just like he said. And he's going to become a man. He's going to live that perfect life. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. It ain't our blood. Our, our blood's tainted. And the blood of animals ain't going to cover the sin of mankind. It's the blood of God himself. God had to enter into his creation, go to the cross, take that authority back from the devil and say, no, it's mine. I got the keys to heaven and hell. I have all authority in heaven and earth. That's what Jesus told his disciples before he left. This is mine. I own it. It's mine. He took it back. And then he gave his authority. That authority that he took from the enemy that God did himself through Jesus Christ, his son, becoming flesh, went to the cross and poured it all out for us. Paid for the sins of the whole world. Remember what John said, the Baptist said when Jesus was coming? He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then, then you remember when Abraham was up on Mount Moriah and he took his son up there and he was going to uh, offer his son to, uh, to God. And, and then he said, No, he said, Don't kill your son. And then what did Abraham say? The Lord will provide himself a lamb. And, and the, look at those words. The Lord will provide himself a lamb. Right then and there, Jesus, God said, here's my plan. I'm going to be the lamb of God. Who is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Who could take away the sin of the world? Only God could. No man. We could, we, any one of us could get crucified. Our, blood don't, our blood's tainted. We have sin in us. But praise be to God. God has his plan. And so this Bible prophecy that I'm talking about today, we're living it right now. And the next stage, the next step is going to be Jesus revealing himself to Israel. And that's what it says. I'm not making this up. And he says, in that day there shall be a great morning in Jerusalem as the morning of, as, as in Hedrum, in the valley of Megiddo, and in the land shall mourn every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Levi apart, and their wives apart, the family of Shimei apart, and their wives apart, all the families that remain, every family apart, and their wives. That means their family. God's going to reveal Jesus to them. 
They'll look upon me whom they have pierced. So folks, I don't know all the details of all that, what that means, but I know we're living in those days. We're living in the days where there's, everybody's coming against Israel, Jerusalem. They want, and, and even our country, our leaders are talking about dividing the land, splitting up Jerusalem, give half to Palestine and, and half to Israel. But it's, it's Israel's capital. And, and President Trump, no matter what he said, it was already Israel's capital, but he just confirmed it as the superpower. And that was in, what, 2018? And here they are still fighting over this. You know why? It's a spiritual battle. It's good against evil. And because Satan told, said to God in Isaiah chapter 16 that I'm going to rise above the God and I'm going to take over and I'm going to set my throne up. And that's where, we got, that's where we're at. But Jesus went and took all that back from him at the cross. When Jesus said it was finished, that's what he's talking about. It is finished. It is done. That's why we should not be a religious people. We should be a loving Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit people. Religion kills people. Religion put Jesus on the cross. But it had to be that way. And God knew it. God knows what religion's all about because He's seen it. And all those generations up to Jesus, up to that, they were all trying to work their way to God. And they all said, this is how you get to God. This is God. This is how you do it. This is how you get there. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And no matter what they tried, they failed. They couldn't do it. So God reached down and became one of us, entered into His creation. A lot of people can't understand that. But that's what God had to do. I mean, He's God. He could do anything He wants. He could have said, I'm just going to take it back. But no, He had to enter into to the covenant promises that He made with man in the creation. God couldn't, he, could have, oh, he could have trumped what He said, but He didn't because God's holy and just. So God's like, well then, I got to, the seed of a woman will crush your head. You might bruise His heel, but He's going to crush your head and try, grab it and bring everything back. Folks, this is, what, this is what we're living. This is where we're at. And I don't know the day or the hour, but we've got to live like it could be today. It could be tomorrow. Don't let other outside voices that de degrade the Bible, all these so-called scientists and scholars saying, you can't trust this. I can't trust them. Because anybody that goes against God's Word, don't trust them. Because they're filled with the wrong spirit. And that wrong spirit wants to deceive God's people. Just like He did in the garden. Did God really say? It's the same old song and dance, same story. The devil's been playing that same trick for thousands of years. And Jesus wants us to be aware. To open our eyes. you got His Holy Spirit living in you. He will speak to you. He will guide and direct you. Read your Bible. Learn of Jesus. Jesus said, come learn of me. Don't go to the Genesis and try to learn how. Go to the Gospels and learn of Jesus first. And then all this other stuff will make sense to you. Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies. But He's not done. He's still working. God never sleeps or slumbers. He's working. He never quit working. And it's amazing that we can have hope and joy in the midst of turbulation, 
in the midst of it looks like all hell's breaking loose. That means God, when the enemy raises up a standard or when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard every single time. And that standard is Jesus Christ and his church. But we got to know this. God don't want us to be in the dark about this. He wants us to know that he is for us. And we think the world's out of control. It's all falling into place. Everything's working out just the way God said it was going to. And our Savior is real. Our God is real. He became man in His Son, Jesus. And He's coming back. Now, I'm going to read this one scripture. I'm going to close with this. I know I kind of went... We've got communion to do, but I'm going to go to Hosea. And this is not in my notes, but... Hopefully I can find it real. Here we go. Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Or I'll go to verse 3. Come, let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn, and He will heal us. He hath smitten, and He will bind us up. Verse 2. After two days will He revive us. In the third day He will raise us up. We shall live in His sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and He shall come unto us as the rain, and the latter and the former rain unto the earth. A day with God is a thousand years to us. And it's been two days since Jesus left. Now I'm not saying this, but I'm just saying we're, we're pretty close. I think we're going to see some things. In fact, we are seeing things right now that's going on in Israel. The fig tree, keep your eyes on the fig tree. What's going on over there? And what are they saying? Let us destroy them, wipe them off from being... Well, same old song and dance. After two days. And the third day, He will raise us up and we shall live in His sight forever. That sounds like a rapture to me, don't it to you? But then, then you hear all these, all these bickering and fighting. These ministers from different denominations saying, there's no rapture, there's a rapture, there ain't no rapture, rapture's not in the Bible. It's caught up. Come on, folks. What, what, what does it say in Thessalonians? God has not appointed us to wrath. So I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know when God pours out His wrath, we're out of here. Because we're not appointed to the wrath of God. And, and He's proved it over and over through the, in the history. Look at the flood. When God poured out His wrath... A hundred years, I know, was building the ark and he gave people a hundred years to repent and to believe God, but they didn't. But Noah kept building the ark and when God's wrath was poured out, Noah, his eight people on the ark, God raptured them out of there, protected them. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot and his family, angels went in, brought out his people before God poured out his wrath. Now what we're seeing is man's wrath. The devil's wrath. Still kill and destroy. That's what he does. And that's what, that's what his fruit is. And people say, well, God's pushing, punishing. God ain't doing that. God poured his wrath out on Jesus on the cross. Jesus bore all the wrath of God for us. And so we're not appointed to the wrath of God. And I don't care what anybody says. There is going to be a rapture. When God pours out his wrath on the earth, his church will be out of here. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. These are God's promises. This is the promises of the Lord. And so we can, we can take hope and rest in that assurance that we are His. But you know what? No matter what's going on 
in our lives where it seems like we don't feel like we're his, that's the enemy coming against us trying to steal your faith. And then you hear all these lying professors that are so-called scientists telling us you can't trust this word. I don't trust them at all because they don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't need somebody that don't have the Holy Spirit trying to tell me God's word because they're full of the wrong spirit. You either got the Holy Spirit or the wrong spirit. That's what the Bible says. So let's take hope and joy knowing that God's going to wrap this thing up just like He says. We don't have nothing to fear. We have work to do. We have love to spread. We have kindness. And that don't mean you go around beating people over the head with the Word of God because that's been going on for too long and that's turned so many people away from God. Well, if you'd quit doing this, if you'd quit doing your life would probably... If you will call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And let God work on you. Don't let your neighbor work on you and tell you how bad you are. Let the Holy Spirit have His work in your heart and your life. God will reveal everything to you. You're His child. He loves you. And when He was on that cross, and He poured it all out for us, and He said, it's finished. It's done. The Lord, our righteousness. He's our righteousness. The Lord, our righteousness. That's what it says in the Bible, the Old Testament. That new covenant. The Lord, our righteousness. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank You for Your faithfulness. Thank You for Your words, Lord, that we're not in the dark that you didn't want us to be in the dark, that you've given us your whole plan right here. Lord, give us the faith to believe it and hang on to it. And we love you, Father. And we thank you for your love for us and that you poured it all out for us. You've hid nothing from us. And we love you and thank you. In Jesus' holy name, fill us that we may be your witnesses in these last days that we're living in, Lord. Your witnesses of goodness and love and mercy and grace. In Jesus' holy name, amen.